right, Mrs. Batfire. <laughs> Straight in, Mr. Robin Williams. Hello. Well, I was watching um, uh, the Vivian this morning. She posted an Instagram video of her doing Mrs. Doubtfire, and it was so funny. It stuck in my head. She was doing that hip hop and beat to your drop. Obviously, I can't do it. But if you want to see someone do it well, <laughs> so like the Indian Vivian. Mrs. Doubtfire, you would do it. <laughs> It's uh, cultural appropriation. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Sorry. Well, things can only get better from there. Um, we want to say, just make a quick announcement. Not announcement, really. But um, we're going to be, thanks to you guys listening to uh, the show, which we're very grateful for, um, we've been selected to be on Podcast Radio. Yay! Which is launching in January, which is like a radio station, which is comprised of podcasts. <laughs> Did that really need explaining? Compri- <laughs> no, comprised. Not compromised. <laughs> By including us, it is a compromise. <laughs> they compromised <laughs> on quality <laughs> and their morals. No, yes, it comprised of podcasts. Um, so, yeah, we want you to still keep listening through the mediums that you currently are, so we get the actual plays. Sorry, Moon's just closing <laughs> curtains. <laughs> I don't know what he's going to do to us. Sounded like a rainforest. That. Like, <laughs> that's, that's just the rain that. sound. It's getting wild Calming in here. sounds of rain. Sorry. Oh, should we do some, is it ASMR? Try it. So today's show, we're going to. Ooh, I hate it! I hate Did you not it. like it? No. I think it's like really arousing. Oh, I did go to a um, gym class called Braingasm once, and they put they give you headphones, <laughs> and she like tells you a story in ASMR, and that's the gym class. And what you're like running while you do it? No, you just lay on your back, and she tells you the story about how. Is it a workout? Because it's a workout for the mind. Oh, like a, <laughs> is this just therapy? <laughs> no. Um. Yeah, she's like talking about how you're on a train platform and it's really, really busy and then suddenly everyone disappears. (laughs) (laughs) Bam, you're dead. (laughs) Bam, bust. Um, Oh, I'd love to try that. I love ASMR. I I get the tingles. It's a scientific thing. Either your body responds to it or it doesn't. And mine, let me tell you, responds. (laughs) Tell us if you're listening. Slide into... Just whisper to me. Whisper in my DMs. (laughs) Um, What were we talking about? We're talking about it's our Ed and Charlie show. Oh yeah, so it's um it's going to be on podcast radio. We want you to still listen here, so we get the listens. But we're hoping that um, what people who tune in on the radio will then come back and explore our back catalogue. Oh, I'd <laughs> love someone to explore my back catalogue. Back catalogue has not been explored in months. <laughs> I'm telling you, that's why I need my ASMR. <laughs> so, um, but let's dive right into our letters for this week. So many letters. Thank you for sending them in, people. Well, our, f- our first one is from someone that you love. Oh, adore. It's from the one and only Taylor Swift. The queen herself. Yeah, it's not the queen of pop. Don't say that. Okay. That's Madonna's title. No, she's the queen of country pop. <laughs> I'd say that Shania Twain. Oh, we're getting off to a bad start. There we are. <laughs> Charlie just said that he constantly argues with people over Taylor Swift. I... And I said, not me, because I love her too. And then straight away we get into me going, no, I love Taylor Swift so much, but she she's not the queen of pop. Okay, Maybe I queen do... of country pop then. I but... think she's like the second coming of Christ, just to put it mildly. Yeah, some people I think... think she's the antichrist. I'm th- with you. She's I think Christ. she's the resurrection. And she sacrificed herself. She did. During um, snake emoji gate. <laughs> so that we could live. Because I was living. <laughs> right, so she wrote in, bless her. She said, Dear Ed and Charlie, I'm well pissed off. My old record label owns the rights to my songs and won't let me perform my old hits at the American Music Awards. Tap, tap. Even though I'm getting a fucking Artist of the Decade Award or something like that. WTF. I'm angrier than that time that Katy Perry tried to steal my backup dancers, the shady cow. We're mates now, though, lol. 
Anyway, I figured the best thing to do was to encourage my fanbase to troll the shit out of them. Was that the right decision? How do you guys feel about revenge? Is it a dish best served cold? Or, like, best avoided? Please help me. Love the show, guys. And you can have free tickets to my next show. Yay. Love, Taylor. Oh, what a babe. What a sweetheart, hey? Oh, she said it now, so we've got tickets. We have got tickets. Yay. Well, if she's allowed to perform, we'll to perform at her next show, will they? She'll only be performing new stuff. But we love the new album, don't we? We do. I just know what I'm saying. We, like, we're a lesbian, middle-aged couple. <laughs> we <laughs> love Taylor Swift's Swift. album. <laughs> um, so, yeah, we love we love Taylor Swift, but let's help her out here. We should do a little bit of help. Have you ever had what I like to call an arch nemesis? An arch nemesis. I did it, well I did it uni, but then I fancied him and that's why he was my <laughs> arch nemesis. So you hated him because he didn't like you back? Yeah. And that's, was he straight? No, he was gay. <laughs> there, was, there was no excuse <laughs> not gay, to fancy him. <laughs> he had no biological excuse yeah. to not, <laughs> to not want to date me. Did um, you ever do anything that could have been called an act of vengeance or like an attack? Did I? That you're not going to get in legal problems sharing. <laughs> He's dead now. Um, R.I.P. Um, no, I've never really, I don't think I've, have I acted out revenge? I do believe in revenge. <laughs> well, you believe it exists. I so do you believe, believe, in, believe it's a you good should thing to take do. it. Fran Leibovitz is a really great um, writer. Yeah. She says, when people, <laughs> when people say like, revenge is the best is a dish best served cold. You should have had that drink this morning. Revenge is a dish best served with a glass of ice and a whiskey chaser. I'm so I'm, I'm projecting I'm actually the one who's still drunk. Yeah. Blame it on you. No, I saw that. Oh, I saw that Lucas said. It's gone to my head. <laughs> Other energy Luke. brands are available. <laughs> um, <laughs> not a sponsor. <laughs> uh, no, Fran said, um, when people say like, revenge is a dish best served cold, she's like, hot, cold, just fucking serve it. <laughs> that is such a drag True. saying as well. Just serve, serve it. it. So yeah, I do believe hot, cold, uncooked, raw, serve the revenge. Uncooked, yeah. I am. Um, I said uncut. <laughs> is that not what you said? I said uncooked. Yeah, I was joking. <laughs> um, I thought when um, we were looking at this letter of a few acts of revenge that I've played over the years, but I genuinely am not going to share them. Okay. <laughs> like all things that are quite bad. Um, but I do think it's kind of a case of like, do as I say, not as I do. But I do think, I do not believe in vengeance. Oh, all right, but, Sister Christine. Well, I think every time that you hold a grudge against someone, you are more affecting yourself than the other person. Yeah. So you're kind of holding on to bitterness and resentment and it eats away at you inside like a cancer. Oh. I said cancer so campy. <laughs> like <laughs> cancer. <laughs> Just a fun word. There's a um, Buddhist saying. <laughs> I'm like the fucking Dalai Lama. <laughs> um, there's a Buddhist saying about... All the, um, I come up with the most random references about... Okay, I'm going to be... Um, I'm, I'm going to paraphrase it because I don't speak... Um, Buddhist. Properly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but like they say anger or like revenge, it's like holding a um, hot lump of coal that you're going to throw at someone's head and you think you're going to hurt them, but actually you're burning your own hand. Well, that's kind of like what I just said without the metaphor. <laughs> so am I the modern day <laughs> Dalai Lama? I think you are. I'm the Dalai drama. Hey! <laughs> drama! End of podcast. <laughs> We've peaked. <laughs> So yeah, I mean, I 
I think that's the best way to live. I don't live my life like that. I, I would describe myself as sometimes quite petty. Yeah. Petty but- LaBelle. That's <laughs> <laughs> such a good drug though. It is, isn't it? Petty LaBelle. <laughs> I'm stealing that. Consider that stolen. I'll see you in court. Um, but yeah, I think the best thing for Taylor and for you and I to do <laughs> yeah. would be to just... The best revenge you can give is just living your best life. Hashtag blessed. <laughs> Although that doesn't help with the fact she can't perform these songs. Yeah. And I don't believe these men. Well, this has been going back and forth now. So they've said that she's making it up and they've not tried to stop her performing the hits. Well, no, they said... They're probably going to come after me now. <laughs> Red dot on your head. Um, there's like, we haven't said Taylor Swift can't perform live. But that's not what she was saying. You're saying you can't. Not, they said they have no control where she performs live, and she's not yeah, saying that. She's saying, yeah, she's saying no. But you have control of what songs I can perform live. Yeah, can't it, ban her that from performing. A yeah, because a similar thing happened a few years ago. And if you remember when Calvin Harris blocked Rita Ora from performing her number one hit, "I Will Never Let You Down," because he wrote it. So if you write a song or own the rights to a song, you always have the choice of whether you give it the green light to be performed on TV or not. Yeah. Not on a, in a concert, but for some reason, something about TV, because I think they're saying it counts as a re-recording. Yeah. Um, and But I think what they're trying to do is blackmail her because they want... They know she's going to re-record her whole back catalogue next year, so she owns it. And they're saying, if you agree not to do that, we'll let you perform these songs. Yeah. So basically, we're not getting... It's blackmail. I knew you were trouble. I knew you were trouble when you were Don't do it for longer than 30 seconds, you have to pay for it. Actually, you're singing it so badly. I don't think that's so unrecognisable as the original <laughs> song. They won't mind. Um, but we love you, Taylor. We do love you, Taylor. We stand with you. We stand with Taylor. Hashtag justice for Taylor. I think it's just me doing that hashtag, but... <laughs> <laughs> I'm with you. As long as you're not calling her the Queen of Pop, I'm with you. Um, so let's get to our next letter from a man. Oh, I'll be the man, man. I'll be the man. Do you not know what I'm singing? <laughs> no, isn't it? I'd be the man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, let me just have that one moment. <laughs> okay, our next letter is for Ant McPartland. He says, should I do it in a Jordy accent? Please do, Jordy. Here we go. It's got to come out Lebanese or something, can it? Here we go. Dear Ed and Charlie, <laughs> my ex-wife is taking us to court and I stand to lose half of me £68 million fortune. Why I? I'm trying to settle with her and have her sign an NDA <laughs> so she can't spill all the secrets from our marriage. It's like he's dead. Is... <laughs> it's like you're deaf. Which is bad because I did a lot of terrible things, admittedly. <laughs> How can I get her to move on and more importantly, stop trying to take me money? What's, well, I don't know what it's going into now. <laughs> if she wins in court, Deck will be twice as rich as me. <laughs> and he's the short one. Jamaican, I was like. <laughs> Where's the justice? What do I do? Cheers, Pep. And. Oh my God. You're worse than, you're worse than like Jesse Nelson doing a. Marlin. <laughs> <laughs> I did like 12 accents during that letter and none of them was Jordy. And actually Newcastle is quite similar to the accent that I'm from, so that's really bad. Well, I'm glad we got through that. But the problem with this is kind of almost related to the whole Taylor saga, which is like struggling to move on. Yeah, She's not moving on from her past clashes with her record label and Aunt McPartland's ex-wife, Lisa Armstrong, is that her name? Oh, yeah. She's a makeup artist. She is... I don't know if she's struggling to move on, but she's not 
having closure, she wants her day in court and she wants to get her minis. Yeah, get her coin. But have you ever struggled to get over an ex? Oh, yeah. You've had a lot of exes. (laughs) So many. (laughs) No, I think it's really hard. I don't know how to, how you stop thinking about them. Oh, that's sad. I know. <laughs> but this is probably why, why I like Taylor Swift music, because it's all about that, isn't it? But do you think maybe... Melancholy. Yeah. Oh, it's, the one good thing I'll say about being heartbroken is, don't you think that music is just so much better? Yeah. Like, when you can really listen to, like, something like Adele or Amy Winehouse or just something miserable and just really immerse yourself in the, the, the feeling of that you're going to die alone. Yeah. I just love that. <laughs> <laughs> I just live. But, um... Yeah, you do you think that because we live in a day, <laughs> live in a day, live in an age of like loads of social media, we have more tools at our disposal to torture ourselves with? Yes, completely. Yeah. Oh my god, I was just thinking, um, you're a Sex and City fan, right? Bitch, you kidding? Of course I am. Okay. <laughs> um, I was listening to my Sex and the City podcast on the way here. <laughs> we couldn't help but wonder. Origin. <laughs> oh no, I thought you were going to say. Origin. No, I am going to list that one. It's I think amazing. You recommended it oh to my god, it's so good. Yes. Um, uh, the scene where Carrie bumps into Aiden and he's got a baby and he's got a baby, baby. Yeah. and she's like oh my god and I was like nowadays you would never not know your ex had a baby I was like that's so um, anachronistic is that right? you're asking me girl. you're the one with the words girl <laughs> but you know what I mean I when like I was watching it I was like this is so retro the fact that she wouldn't know he had a baby but is that a blessing and a curse because on one hand you don't know but on the other hand you don't know so yeah. like if you bump into them it's even more of like a being hit by a truck yeah whereas at least on social media you can kind of slowly torture yourself every day rather than have these big boom yeah like <laughs> horror of shows every few years i think the mute button is your friend if i i've muted have several people me <laughs> <laughs> no i've muted several people that i can't see every day and i'm very good at disciplined and won't go on their account yeah i think that more people need to do that yeah because like a lot of people don't really even acknowledge that that's an option oh yeah you I don't mute. have to yeah. look at what they're doing you mute don't even them. have to be on social media yeah i mean i know we all are but like it is an option so you kind of are digging your own grave yeah um but yeah i've um i don't really have any significant exes but i've had my heart broken in the past and i well god this was such a sad time this wasn't even a relationship this was an unrequited love Aww. that didn't um requite <laughs> and, um, and I couldn't stop thinking about him. I was only a teenager and I rented out, uh, I don't know how I had the, the brass face to do this, but I went to the library and rented out How to Heal a Broken Heart book. From... <laughs> <laughs> Thankfully, um, no one was papping me or anything. <laughs> embarrassing to be seen with that. And I read the whole book and it, um, most of it was crap, but there was one thing and it was um, it was quite an obvious shitty tip, but it was just, you picture their face in your head and then you just keep picturing it moving further and further and further and further away so the face gets smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller until eventually you just can't see it and then you have to practice that like three times a day and then eventually you stop thinking about them and it worked no i'm still thinking (laughs) no it does work but i think it works because it's such a tedious exercise you don't want to do it anymore so you're like i have to get over this because i'm not fucking picturing this small face anymore but yeah um i did get over him oh yeah and and thanks to social media i now am very aware that he is is now hideous yay i I haven't named him though yay to hideous moon edit it out Believe it or not, I actually wanted to be a counsellor. That was my backup, can you imagine? Your backup career, oh my God. 
life of poverty for you no clients well, one of my worst traits which i don't think you'll have ever seen because we i don't think we ever talk about anything serious but sometimes if someone tells me something very serious that's quite sad i will laugh not out of finding it funny but just do, do you not have that i think it's something that people like us tend to do yeah because it's just so awkward <laughs> so like, imagine me as a counselor being like my husband and like yeah <laughs> I'm going to take a break now. <laughs> oh, actually, we are going to take a break now. Uh, and just before we go, uh, you're about to hear from one of our VIP sponsors. Okay, enjoy. Thank you. Thank you. Hello. I'm Prince Andrew. And I'm sponsoring today's episode of the Ed and Charlie show. When they asked me if I'd stump up the cash to pay for this episode, I told them, no sweat. Now, I know many people think that I'm too important and, yes, too honourable to listen to a show like this, which is known for being quite um, outrageous and silly. But actually, I'm quite down to earth myself. I I even sometimes eat at Pizza Express, you know. They make a really great alibi. I mean, cannelloni. Mmm, scrumptious. My mouth is just watering at the thought of it. Uh, Plus, my PR team recommended that I sponsor this programme, and they've yet to steer me wrong so far. So, yes, here's to another successful broadcast outing for myself. Prince Andrew. Okay, cheerio. We're back and we saved our... <laughs> Sorry, I'm really giddy today. <laughs> and we saved our um, best letter for last. Uh, it's from... Um, royalty. From royalty. We're getting a lot of royal letters. I wasn't expecting I know. that. I don't know if we get any letters at all on yet. Like, we're getting, like, really... Pair box is full. I know. Crammed. Uh, this one's from Prince Andrew. Oh, hey, Prince. Um, so shall I try and do this in a posh accent? Yeah, I'll try and do it in a... Geordie accent? That's a pedo accent. That's... T- <laughs> That is just my accent. Hey, <laughs> allegedly, allegedly. Okay, guys. Dear Ed and Charlie, <laughs> <laughs> I've had a humdinger of a week, let me tell you. Everyone's been having a go at me just because one, I repeat, one of my mates turned out to be a massive paedophile. I feel like this is so unfair. What about all of my other friends that aren't paedophiles, eh? No one talks about them. Anyway, I did a TV interview to set the record straight, but everyone still seems to be on my case. I worry I've brought shame on my family, and my mum can be a right cow. Have you ever been judged because of who your friends are? Do you think it's fair? I feel like a right tit. Yours shamefully, Prince Andrew. What a tit. Oh my god, he's really feeling the pain this week. Um, So yeah, it's kind of... I think anyone can relate to that situation <laughs> where you um, you kind of are judged based on your friends. Yeah. It's kind of like an old saying, isn't it? You can tell a lot by a person from their friends. Um, <laughs> Famous saying. Is it not? It's just, it's just like a statement of fact. <laughs> it's just a sentence, really. Yeah, it's just a sentence. <laughs> that old Dalai Lama <laughs> saying again. <laughs> um, have you ever had a friend that kind of brought a lot of shame and judgment into your life. No, please don't say me. <laughs> what do you mean from other people that like, I can't believe you're friends with him? Yeah, or her. I don't really have any girl mates. Is, this is, this <laughs> oh is genuinely, God. I don't want to gender it. I'm like, I have one girl mate in my life who's my flatmate. Shout out to B. 
Why do you not have more girlfriends? I don't. Why? I, fi- I found... There we go, past tense. <laughs> I found, like, when I came out, I felt like girls kind of fetishised you as a gay boy. Yes. And you were, like, an accessory to their lives. And I always felt like they thought they were the sexy young protagonist and I was the gay best friend. And I was like, actually, I'm the protagonist. Get on my film. <laughs> <laughs> that is so true. You're a little bit younger than me, aren't you? <laughs> I'm yeah. 32 and you're 28. Yes. Yeah, so you're four years younger than me. Because I think that is maybe a slight reflection on our age. Because I felt the same thing as you, that I was kind of fetishized. But I also think I fetishized myself. Oh, so okay. I was like... Kind of, because I didn't have many friends in junior school. By the time I got to high school and people wanted to be my friend, and they were generally girls, I was so grateful that whatever they liked about me, I just played up. So yeah. They liked if I said something sassy or, like, wanted to go shopping or, like, liked a pop song. Then I just did it even more. I was like, yeah. yes, I'm fitting in. Yeah. So I think, yeah. But then you're right. When you kind of get older and find your own community and find gay friends, you're like, oh, I don't have to yeah. play up to anything. I can just be myself. Exactly. I feel like with girls, they want you to play up to the stereotype. But like, who did you sleep with last night? Blah, blah. And so I'm not your, I'm not a jester. I do think that's of, of the time though, when we were younger. Yeah. I don't think most, none of my female friends these days do it. But if anything, yeah. they ask me to tone down my, my gayness. <laughs> they say it's too much and people are staring. But um, Also, I went to an all boys school. Oh my god! You must have wanked off so many straight men. Oh, <laughs> and that's just I a teacher, hate teenage it? boys. <laughs> um, I hate teenage boys. They're the worst. Even when you are a teenage boy. Yeah, I was the weird. I. Oh my god! I'm gonna sound like such a nerd. <laughs> At school, I was always more interested in the teachers than like the other kids because just like, oh, you've lived a life. I want to know what you've done. Where the other boys are like, you're fucking stupid, like me. You've done nothing. You've achieved nothing. You're 16. Have a seat. Let's hear about what the teachers. You're wise beyond your years. <laughs> so wise. So how many teachers did you date? <laughs> <laughs> Is this how you passed? Any, did I fancy any teachers in secondary school? Oh my God, I did. Oh, Mr. Did you? Rogers. Oh, you want to be teacher. Rogered by him. <laughs> Rogered by Mr. Rogers. He used to sit on the desk and he used to put his um, leg up. <laughs> what? Like put his, one of his feet on the desk and one yeah. of his feet was on the floor. And then I think, I don't think this was true, but at the time I viewed his crotch to be having an erection. But I think it was actually just, you know, when your trousers fold yeah. up. I don't know. I can't trust my own memory, but that was like a big part of my finding out who I was. <laughs> <laughs> and a big part of why I can't use computers because I was never paying attention. <laughs> so I was staring at the movement in the crotch. Oh my God, some people I went to school with are going to listen to this. And <laughs> I need to start self-editing more. Dang, you just took out a fake names. We totally went off course. So we're talking about being judged for friends. I think I'm more the friend to like people judge people for being friends. It's like see the other side of it. But I do agree. I think like... I do have a go at some of my friends for who they're friends with because I know it seems like, oh, it's none of your business, what's it got to do with you? But at the end of the day, usually if you're friends with someone and they're friends with someone else, they bring them into your life. Yeah. Not many people go and spend all time individually with every person or at the very least birthdays and weddings and stuff, you're going to have to see them. So it's like, why are you bringing these pricks into my life? (laughs) Um, It's a reflection on me and I'm not having it. So yeah, I think we have a right to judge about it. I think Prince Andrew should be judged. I haven't really been following the story, to be honest. Well, the Newsnight special comes out tonight. Apparently it's an hour with Emily Maitlis. Apparently no questions have been vetted. So Emily's going straight in there. The Queen had to approve his right to do this interview and she gave the approval. She's going to live How embarrassing. 
have to get the right to prove your Mummy. son to get interviewed to see if he's a pedo or not. I mean, she said it year of it. Though, but she is just Nothing like, she's done. Naked. She's like, I'll sod this. I'm out of it. Get that fire exit door. That's what the Queen's saying in Buckingham Palace. <laughs> get that fire exit door. I'm off. Prince Philip, rev up the car. <laughs> no, don't, no. <laughs> um, yeah, so I think... Did we give good advice this week? We did. I, Mr. Dalai Drama over here. I feel like we didn't talk about any of the questions asked, but I feel like we <laughs> did our own thing and that's kind that's of our brand. That's what people want. <laughs> Prince Andrew, he would love that. He would love that advice we gave him. Hope we helped you, Andrew. Uh, I, I want to apologize to anyone who's listening in Newcastle for that accent. <laughs> I, I swear I can do that. I don't know. Sometimes just being on the podcast, just things come out differently. <laughs> I think it's the editing that Moon does. I think <laughs> it's just audio trickery. Um, so yes, that's all from our letters for this week. And um, I think next week, I don't know how you feel about this. Should we start dabbling with the idea of including like some letters from non-famous people? Uh, plebs. Like, yeah, like the Great and Watch. Oh. oh. I know, as soon as I said it, it sounds gross. But... Not the proletariat. What? <laughs> What's that? Are you just making me No, up? that's the word. The proletariat. Is that dessert? It means like the working class, the people who work. Proletariat, so that's me. Like the proles. Like proles? Are you fucking joking? <laughs> I'm killing you. The proletariat. You get... Charlie's Dictionary Corner. Literally. I need to be, I'm fucking Susie Dent over here. I need to start taking lessons from you sporadically. See, I didn't know a word. Only from Clueless. But no. I may do sporadically. Um, uh, yeah, so if anyone's listening and have problems, which anyone listening to us definitely has problems, um, please write in and maybe we can squeeze you in amongst all the like A-list influx of problems we have coming in and we'll try and give you some of our kind of now famous advice kind of golden we kind of should be charging you for this kind of need to have an OBE oh yeah. the royal family aren't going to after these after <laughs> yeah, everything after we've, we've said, said. <laughs> so yeah thank you for listening guys we thank, hope we helped thank you bye we have to at the end say bye because one person complained that we didn't say it one episode and he said he felt like he never had closure Oh, and he's now in therapy. He's, he's actually dead now. But I feel like to honour his life, we need to start so, saying bye. Goodbye. So, bye, jabs, bye. <laughs> bye, everyone. Thank you for listening. <laughs>